Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of Geek Vibes Live Interview. Now, for today's interview, I'm your host, TFAB, and I have an amazing co-host with me today, Jawan. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited for this interview, and I am truly thankful that you allowed me to, to tag along with you. Absolutely. And the interview that Juwan is referring to is that we are going to be interviewing the actual showrunners for the DC Universe app show, Harley Quinn, Justin Halpern, and Patrick Schumacher. They, of course, will be joining us in probably about 10 minutes. And it is super exciting because if you haven't watched the first season of Harley Quinn, it's an animated series. It's amazing. You need to definitely catch up on that because the second season is coming out soon. All right. Patrick and Justin, you guys are on. Hi. Hey. Hey, hey guys. Hello. This is Tessa uh, from Geek Vibes Nation, and I'm here with my co-host, Juwan. How are you guys doing today? All right. How are you? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, before you guys got on, we were just gushing about Harley Quinn. Congratulations on the second season. Um, this, this is just such an amazing experience for me who grew up on Batman the Animated Series. And I just have to start off right away with asking, you know, what made the two of you want to work on this show that centered around Harley Quinn? Um. Well, uh, this is Pat. Um, you know, uh, I've been a, you know, almost uh, lifelong uh, comic book fan, probably as long as I could I could read. And, uh, you know, I was sort of the, the perfect age when <clears throat> when um, Harley showed up on, on BTAV and, uh, you know, have, have since really, you know, followed her, her adventures pretty closely in, in print. Um, you know, and then obviously with, uh, you know, Margot's, uh, performance in Suicide Squad and her being such a, such a breakout character in that show, it sort of demonstrated that, you know, Harley could exist outside of, um, you know, a, a classic, either comic book or, or, you know, a, what some, you know, might perceive as like a youth oriented television program. I don't with in the animated series, but, you know, some do. But anyways, I, I thought that, you know, it it became very clear that uh, this character uh, could could thrive in sort of a, you know, a very adult context, um, like an adult-only context. And so back in, like, 2016, um, you know, we got a call. It was a very, you know, call, I would say, um, from Susan Rovner at Warner Brothers, um, who at the time was the head of scripted development. Now she's co-president, and she called us out of, out of the blue and was like, "What do you guys think about um, you know pitching on a uh, hyper serialized R-rated Harley Quinn animated series?" And it just was like, it was. I think it was just music to our ears. It was. I mean, there was no hesitation whatsoever. 
about, uh, you know, whether or not we were going to try and tackle it. And so, um, you know, we jumped into it in 2016, came up with a, with a pitch for the first season, um, and, and pretty much carried it through, you know, very loose, uh, loose beats of a, of a first season and, you know, and why the show would work and, um, and her relationship with Ivy and, and what that would look like. And that was very close to like what ended up on screen. And we always used, um, we always used Ferris, Ferris Bueller and Cameron Fry as sort of the analog or the comp for, for Harley and Ivy's relationship as a, as a shorthand, you know, that people always, always seem to get. And, uh, you know, that was going to be, you know, a real, uh, focus for us in, in the show in the first season and beyond. And, uh, and yeah, it was just it was just kind of a no brainer. And then we 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 ended up taking a break from it to run another DC show called Powerless um, that was on NBC um, in 2016 and 2017. And and then once that was done, we were able to refocus our efforts. And then and then you know serendipitously, DC Universe was sort of starting up and looking for content because they were going to launch and. Uh, September of 2018, and they were like, "We'll pick it up for like two seasons, uh, essentially, or 26 episodes, if you guys just, you know, bring it here and don't don't take it out anywhere else." And we were like, "Yeah, that that's good. <laughs> we'll do that." Um, and yeah, so that was sort of the the origin of it. That's so cool. Um, that right away it was kind of letting you guys know you're going to do these two seasons and um i'm i'm really happy by the way that you brought up the relationship between harley and ivy because such a centerpiece to the first season um and i'll ask you justin um from the and i don't know if you could tell us anything but from the trailer, it looks like we may be exploring more of Harley and Ivy's relationship. Do we ever really get to that point, but or is it kind of tiptoeing around the subject? No, we do not tiptoe. <laughs> we get to it. <laughs> um, it, ta- it. It takes kind of the we, we get to it mostly in the, I would say the the back half of the season. Um, it, it becomes really the focus of the back half of the season. I think, you know, we want the first season was about Harley figuring out who she was when she wasn't the Joker's girlfriend, and so we didn't want to toss her into another relationship right away because that muddies that that uh, self discovery. Um, but once we ended the first season, we were like, okay, what do we want to? What themes do we want to hit? And I think that idea of once you are a, you know, functioning human being who's not just, like, tied to somebody else, you start to think about, like, what do I want? And that's, I think, a scary question because it has a lot of different potential answers. And so that's what we wanted to, to do with Harley is her for her to figure out what does she want, right? And then because, you know, uh, the show is obviously really wacky and batshit crazy, but we do try to spend a lot of time emotionally grounding things. Um, and so just like the first season, we did a breakup story, but we wanted to make sure it was a messy breakup story because most breakups are messy. Um, we 
we wanted to do a story about, you know, what happens when you have feelings for your best friend, but both of you are kind of like fucked up people. Um, what happens? And it's messy. Uh, and so I would say we go right at it. There's no, there's no tiptoeing around it. I, I would almost venture to say our version of the, of Harley and Ivy goes further maybe than any other version. Um, but uh, I'll let, I'll let people yell at me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to ask both of you, um, because uh, it was very interesting, Patrick, was you saying that uh, it was kind of brought to you with the idea of it being rated R, because I was definitely going to ask you guys um, how hard was it to spell that, because Margot Robbie talks about all the time how hard it was to spell Birds of Prey as rated R. Um, but she definitely answered that. So my question to the both of you actually will be, um, how much ended up on the cutting room floor um, as far as what you guys could kind of really get away with? How much of that was you guys kind of saying, no, I think that's maybe too much? And how much of it was them kind of saying, yeah, no, you can't put that in there? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we, we had we definitely always had a conversation about it. It was never – there was never a hard no about anything. I think the the lengthiest conversation was probably um, about how we portrayed Commissioner Gordon. Um, you know, because we we definitely go into sort of downright pathetic territory with him at times, and and uh, you know, I think I think the goal is generally to you know portray heroic characters from the canon as, you know, as heroic as they are in, you know, in their places of origin, um, you know, being like, you know, the, the print versions of the characters. And, and Gordon was, a, was kind of a, de- a departure from that. Um, but it was just so, it was so big of an opportunity for us to go into this sort of PTSD out you know, beleaguered cop who, um, you know, every day of his life is, is, uh, you know, going into David Fincher's seven and that would really torture a man and break a man. And, uh, you know, that contrasted with his sort of, um, younger brotherly love for, um, Batman. And when I say younger brother, I mean, sort of the way that a younger brother aspires to be his older brother, uh, even though Gordon's probably older than Batman, um, but uh, you know that was a that was a pretty lengthy conversation. And then by the end of it, I think everyone saw that you know the show was was testing well, and the audiences were really relishing what we did, we're doing with Gordon. And so they they were like, okay, you know what? It's you know we're not like completely betraying the character, so you guys can you guys can do it. You know, and then and then periodically throughout the season. You know, we would we would get like notes here or there about like maybe you've gone like a little too far, um, but for the most part, you know, it was it was a it was a pretty smooth process, especially once we had <clears throat> we had gone through some like screen tests and uh, and seen you know sort of people who people who call themselves uh, you know hardcore DC fans you know finding all of this just fine and you know and 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 a, and a, a fitting part of of the the multiverse, let's say. Um, so so yeah, we we got away with a lot. 
Yeah, I will definitely and, say what, what what kind of made me go, wow, um, was the episode um, where uh, a, a name was being uh, thrown at, at Wonder Woman. Uh, that was the moment where I was like, <laughs> oh, Oh, this is the hardest form of art that this show could be, and and I love it um, because it, it just wasn't afraid at any point to really just go there. And to what you were saying about Gordon, I loved it because um, it was a side of Gordon we've never really seen, and I, I kind of felt a realism to it, to where it's like there's no way any human being goes through as much crap as Gordon does it doesn't at some point kind of start to crack. Um, and I kind of feel like that was very realistic to kind of have um, a, a commissioner who kind of just feels like, like I've, I've kind of in some areas just had it, you know? Um, and I, I loved it. And I love the idea of him being a super Batman fan. I'm a super Batman fan, so I could relate to it. Um, so I was just really glad what you guys did and I would, I would call myself a hardcore DC fan. And I was telling Tia, um, <clears throat> at the top of the show, one thing you guys did that, uh, I think needs to be talked about more is how accurate everyone felt. Um, and even some characters like King Shark, you kind of making King Shark somewhat common. I still felt like it was King Shark. Um, you know, there were moments to where he was like, I I'll bite this guy's head off. Like, that was King Shark. Um, but more specifically, I want to talk to you guys about Poison Ivy. Um, and the biggest reason why I wanted to highlight Poison Ivy was because the biggest thing I think people forget is she's not necessarily a villain. Um, Poison Ivy's biggest thing is she wants to protect her green. Um, and I think you guys hit that on the head. Um, was kind of portraying the idea of, like, Poison Ivy would be okay, like, just being with her green and being left alone. Like, she's not, like, oh, I'm going to just randomly go rob a bank or anything like that. Um, she kind of just wants to protect her green. But there is a, a side of Poison Ivy that doesn't mind getting in a little bit of chaos with, with Harley Quinn. Uh, can you guys speak to um, how accurate you felt as though uh, poison, uh, you guys portrayed Poison Ivy? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it really came from. We had this idea that you know, Pat Pat had always said, you know, Harley is is uh, Ferris Bueller and Ivy is Cameron Fry, and um, and then I think when Lake Bell came aboard to do Poison Ivy, Lake is just such a talented comedic actress, and she really like brings a a certain voice to the show and to Poison Ivy and she just had this really like she took the take that we had which was that Ivy's kind of like over people and she just brought this like really dry sense of humor this like ugh, I'm just fucking over everything kind of vibe that felt like a little Daria to us in a great way and I think Lake really helped us write to to that character and figure out exactly who that character was which is like someone that has like social anxieties that doesn't like people, but is open to the idea of maybe someday liking a few people. Um, and, and I think that it was important for us to keep the core of that in Poison Ivy, where we started to like drift away from other versions of it is, you know, like I think some old other versions of Poison Ivy have her as much more of like a seductress and, 
um, a little breathier. Um, and I think we wanted to play her instead as just someone who couldn't give two shits about any human beings at all, um, except for Harley Quinn. And, and what that's like when a real, true introvert is best friends with, like, the most extroverted person in the world. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved where you guys took Poison Ivy because it really isn't like anything I've personally seen. As you said, Poison Ivy is always portrayed more as a seductress, a femme fatale, um, and to see her kind of just, like, even her plant is dissing her at some point, and that was really just hilarious to me. But two characters that I absolutely just loved, and it was a combination of the animation, the writing, the storyline, and the voice actors. And that, of course, is Kaylee Cuoco as Harley and Alan Tudyk as the Joker. Um, uh, Patrick, I'll ask you, I mean, were these two voice, you know, choices your first choices? How did the process kind of go getting these two stars to voice probably one of the most iconic couple in comic book history? Um, yeah, well, uh, it was, you know, different for each actor. Um, you know, I can start with Alan. Um, he was an actor with whom, you know, we had the honor of working with on Powerless. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that was the first time I had met Alan. And, um, I mean, I, I got to see firsthand, you know, what his range was, you know, knew that he had done some, uh, a decent amount of, of voice work prior to this. And it always felt kind of like a, a no brainer. Um, you know, basically, you know, we, we approached him to do it. He sent in um, essentially an audition, um, and once we heard it, it was like, "Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> we don't we we can stop, we can stop looking now." Um, and then you know, with Kaylee, it's funny that was uh, you know her involvement was you know almost as as serendipitous as the studio just saying to us, uh, "Here's a here's an R-rated." Uh, serialized animated Harley Quinn show. Do you guys want to do it? Um, because uh, Kaylee, we got a call from the studio saying, you know, Kaylee was coming off of Big Bang Theory um, in their final season. And, um, you know, she had heard about the project, um, had read uh, the pilot script, which had been already written at the time, and uh, was really enthusiastic about talking to us about potentially playing Harley. And uh, we sat down with her for a couple hours over at her office on the Warner Brothers lot, where our offices are in the same building, actually. And uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, her enthusiasm was just so infectious. And, you know, it was clear that she wanted, the A, that she got the character, that she completely understood that what we were trying to do, and also that she was just so eager to do this kind of like insane departure from, you know, what she had been doing for the last 12 years. And, uh, and yeah, so we, you know, we got her in the booth and recorded, you know, several episodes and, you know, we're pretty happy with it, but obviously like, you know, her take on the character is, is, uh, is different than what 
you know, you've seen in the past. And so, you know, there were some of us that were more of like the, you know, the Harley purists that certainly like had our doubts, let's say. I mean, I was one of those people and I can say now resoundingly that I was just objectively wrong and that, uh, you know, her approach is every bit as much in the spirit of the character as, you know, Tara Strong and others. And, uh, and, and also, you know, it was a process in, you know, fine tuning the Harley that you hear and these episodes, you know, Terry was often and like went back in and re-recorded, you know, a handful of episodes like in their entirety after we had kind of had discussions about, you know, tweaking it, you know, based on the, the sort of first passes of everything. And so, yeah, it was a real process, but to her credit, you know, she was open to anything and, and was just always such a, a team player. And she's, she's just like the perfect collaborator. You know, we're, we're, we met her on Harley and now we just want to work with her forever. So, um, so yeah, it was just, I guess the short answer is just that, you know, it was, a, it was sort of serendipity. She came to us and then, you know, we all worked together over the course of probably, you know, a year to really figure out, you know, how we were going to tackle Harley. Yeah, yeah one and more question. I'm sorry. Uh, one more question. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, so I pretty much just want to ask you guys. Like, I I've loved talking to the both of you, talking about you know Harley Joker, everything about that. Um, just you know, as we're looking forward to the second season, I mean, what what can fans expect? Because you guys already just blew things like, you know, over the roof and all that. It was just like so epic. That finale was incredible. I mean, what can fans expect? Well, uh, uh just, yeah. <laughs> we, oh, sorry. Um, definitely we delve into, uh, romantic possibilities for our characters. Um, specifically, I think we, you know, we, we get, uh, we get into what Harley and Ivy together might look like, um, and the problems that come about, uh, with them. Uh, so I think for everybody who has yelled at us on Twitter about (laughs) why Harley and Ivy aren't together, we start to look into it. Um, we do more than look into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I think that's a big thrust of the second season. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, and, you know, uh, really quick before uh, you guys got to hop off, you know, let everyone know what is the premiere date for Harley Quinn Season 2 uh, for them to just enjoy on DC Universe. Yeah, I um, lost it, you there? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 you got me, you got me, sorry. Um, get third which is a Friday. Um, and the episodes come out at, uh, I think, 9 a.m. every Friday Eastern time. And they'll run for 13 Fridays in a row. Um, and then hopefully everyone will yell at uh, DC Universe and Warner Media and tell them they want a third season. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I already want a third season. But uh, Patrick, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and speak with us. I'm super excited. I was already a fan of season one. And now that you're telling me that Harley and Ivy, you know, we explore that in season two, I'm pumped. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for uh, being so into it. <laughs> Absolutely. And Juwan, thank you so much for being my co-host for this interview. It's been a blast. And everyone who's out there listening, make sure you check us out at geekfivesnation.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere and anywhere that you can imagine. So everyone, until next time, have a good night. <laughs>